Welcome to the Golden Age of Baseball with Eddie Robinson, baseball's oldest living player. Eddie was a four-time All-Star first baseman, scout, coach, and front office executive during his amazing 65-year career in America's pastime. These podcasts will give the baseball enthusiast the opportunity to share a slice of baseball history with someone who actually lived it. In this podcast, Eddie talks about that while his life in baseball was certainly a great life, there were also some major disappointments. Hello, Golden Age podcasters. This is Eddie Robinson back at you. Uh, Nice to be with you. We uh, will get another one going here. And uh, I was, uh, I'd like to tell you a couple things about my baseball past. When uh, somebody asked me a little while ago, they said, Eddie, what were the most disappointing things that happened to you in your baseball life? What were the uh, few things that really disappointed you the most? And and that was quite a thought-provoking question because uh, you have a lot of disappointments in, in uh, your, your lifetime of baseball, and you have a lot of high spots. And... Uh, so they're all they're all good, but uh, and bad, but some stick out uh, way above the others. And uh, the things, the two bad things to me as a player were uh, being traded from the Chicago White Sox to the Philadelphia Athletics. That to me was a real downer. Uh, I was I couldn't believe it. Uh, I thought that I was uh, in solidly with the White Sox. I played well for them. Uh, I loved playing for Paul Richards. And uh, Frank Lane had come in there as general manager, and we had played well. We had drawn a lot of people. And uh, I thought I was an intricate part of that team, but it turned out I wasn't. And uh, they traded me to the athletics for Ferris Fane. Well, I went to the athletics, and and I didn't have a terrific year, but I had a pretty good year. My average just wasn't what I thought it should have been. and uh, But it was a disappointing year in that I, I didn't like playing in Philadelphia. I didn't like the fans. They didn't like me. And we had a, just a fair ball club. We weren't in the pennant race at all. It, it it was just a kind of a lost season for me. But at the end of the year, I had a real uplifting thing happen when around Christmas time I was traded to the New York Yankees. Now, that's a real boost to you as, as a person. You, you feel like you're going almost from the bottom to the top. You expect to be on a good team the following year, which I was. And uh, I went with the Yankees, and and I had two good years for them. I I didn't play regularly, but when I was called upon to play, I I thought I did well and performed well for them. But then the most disappointing thing to me as a player, the number one thing that uh, we uh, I had opened the season, my third season with the Yankees in uh, 1956. 
We had a really good ball club. We were in first place by about six games at the trading deadline. I made it that far, and I thought, well, shoot, I got a, a good chance of, of staying the year, 57, the whole whole 56 season with the Yankees. The 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 night we of the trading deadline, we played a night game, and Casey asked me to pinch it, and I hit a home run as a pinch hitter, and I thought, boy, that that really seals it. I'm going to be here for the rest of the year. But after that game, uh, he called me in his office and thanked me for what I'd done for the team and the kind of teammate I'd been to the other players, but said that uh, they had decided to trade me to the Kansas City of all places. And uh, not only was Kansas City in last place, but there were six games in last place. I I, I say six games. They might not have been six games, but they were in last place, and I was going from a Yankee team that was in first place by six games to a last-place team. And uh, and, and Lou Boudreau, uh, not my favorite manager, was the manager of the Kansas City team at the time. So that was uh, probably one of my, if not the biggest disappointment I had in my playing career. Uh, as I said, there are a lot of minor disappointments and, and a lot of minor uh, good things that happened in a whole career. And uh, then then we get to my post-career. Uh, what were the most disappointing things? Well, they're pretty easy to pick out. Uh, one has to do with a player that I was very disappointed in, Davey Johnson. And I'm sure you know Davey Johnson. He, at the end of his career, he became a manager. Uh, he was quite successful. He managed the New York Mets and and made quite a name for himself as a New York manager or as a manager in the, in the major league. And uh, he just uh, he just disappointed me as a person and not as a player so much. Uh, I had uh, obtained him from the Baltimore Orioles in a big deal. Uh, I traded uh, Earl Williams to the Orioles for Davey and some other players. And it was a good deal for the, the Atlanta Braves. And Davey came over and uh, he hit he hit 40 home runs. Uh, he and uh, Darrell Evans, whom I'd acquired from Kansas City, and Luke and uh, Hank Aaron, they all hit 40 home runs in the same year. Made me look pretty good as a trader, but uh, we couldn't get them out in the late innings. We we were lacking a good relief pitcher, and we lost a bunch of games, I think over 30, when we had the lead going into the seventh inning. But Davey hit 40 home runs, and so uh, with them hitting all those home runs, I thought, well, maybe if I move the fence back, a little bit, I could help our pitchers and it wouldn't bother them so much because they hit the ball solidly. Uh, well, I did. I, I moved the fence back in right field and in left field uh, five feet. 
uh, which isn't a lot, but it could mean a lot to some pitchers. And uh, they, the pitchers were pleased I did it, and I, 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 I thought didn't think it would make much difference to the hitters. Well, it made a lot of difference to Davey Johnson. Uh, he went from hitting 40 home runs uh, to hitting 20 home runs and was tailing off at the end of the season. And I got the feeling that the next year was going to be even worse. I know his trade value uh, dropped off considerably when uh, I, I talked to a few teams at the end of the season about that I thought might have some interest in him. They didn't seem to have much interest in him. Well, we went into the winter, and uh, I had a young second baseman coming along, Larbell Blanks, and uh, and I thought it was time to move Davy, and I really needed some pitching, and I wanted to trade him for some for a pitcher or two, and uh, went to the went up to the winter meetings and went into the winter meetings not having been able to get much interest in him. But finally, Boston uh, showed some interest. Uh, I, I, I talked to uh, Dick O'Connell, and uh, and Dick had some interest in Davey uh, with that short left field fence there in Boston. I think, I think he should have made a deal with me. He offered me two pitchers, uh, <clears throat> and a first baseman for uh, Davey and a pitcher we had named Harrison, whom I had acquired from the Orioles. I, I, I just thought that, that when we were given too much, the pitchers that he offered me were going to be starting pitchers, but they weren't any great starting pitchers. Uh, they would have been a good addition to our team. Uh, and um, the first baseman I didn't know anything about. So uh, I turned it down, and that's the only good, solid offer that I had for a deal at the meetings, and went home still, uh, still with uh, David Johnson on my roster, and uh, it went on, it went along that way until early spring, before spring training, and uh, I began to hear some rumbles about. Um, uh, Johnson wanting to go to Japan to play ball. Well, Charlie Finley had offered me $100,000, which was a good amount of money for him, but no players were involved. And I didn't want to just sell him for cash. I wanted to get a player back. And I turned Charlie down. But uh, Cappy Harada from the Tokyo Giants contacted me about wanting to buy David Johnson's contract. And I, I told him I, I really didn't want to sell Davy, uh, but that I would consider it. Walter O'Malley and Peter O'Malley uh, with the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, were close to the Tokyo Giants. And Peter called me up and said uh, they would really like to have Davy if I would consider selling him. Well, uh, I, I set up a date with them the first time the Braves were going to be in uh, in San Francisco. Harada lived on the West Coast, 
And and so we set a meeting, uh, and uh, David Johnson attended the meeting, uh, Kathy Harada, Peter O'Malley, and Bill Lucas and me. And we talked it over, and Davy uh, declared himself as really, really wanting to go to Japan to play. And they they really wanted him. They had offered me $150,000 for him, which was a lot of money. Uh, I, I knew I was not getting a player back, but I thought I was uh, getting pretty close to dollar value for Johnson. So... Uh, before I made the deal, I I made the statement to Davy Johnson. I said, Davy, uh, you know, when I ask waivers to release you, which I have to do in order to sell you uh, to to let you go to the Tokyo Giants, I said you're you're then a free agent, and and if you decide not to go, I'm just out. And oh, he said I would never do that. He said, I really want to go to Japan, and if you'll give me my release, I'll take it and go there immediately. So I took Davy at his word, asked waivers on him, got his release, <clears throat> called him up, told him I had the release, and the, and the Giants were ready to pay me the money, uh, which they did. They, they sent me $150,000. But Davy called me on the phone and said, Eddie, I've, I've decided I don't want to go to Japan. Uh, and, and unless you pay me $75,000 of that 150 that you're getting from me, I'm not going to go. Well, I was in a terrible position. In fact, I didn't have a position. I called the commissioner up. Uh, Bowie Coon and, and told him uh, about it, and he said no. He said when once you ask unconditional release waivers, he's gone, and baseball has no control of him. He's an absolute free agent. Well, I had to do that. I had to uh, give David Johnson seventy five thousand dollars cash and give it to him in a check. Told him how disappointed I was in him. And uh, but there was nothing I could do about it. So that was one of the biggest disappointments for me in my uh, years as executive in baseball. Uh, David went to Japan. Uh, he did go after I gave him the money. He went to Japan. He had a terrible time over there. Didn't hit well. Was super disappointing to the Japanese. They released him. He came back and signed up with, I think he signed up with Philadelphia or somebody and played pretty well and had two or three more years in the big leagues and then became a manager. But uh, that's that's a very disappointing thing that happened to me and uh, as, as a general manager in baseball. Thank you for listening to The Golden Age of Baseball with baseball legend Eddie Robinson. If you have a question for Eddie or would like to suggest a topic, please email eddie.robinson65 at yahoo.com. And for an even deeper dive into the golden age of baseball, read his autobiography, Lucky Me, My 65 Years in Baseball, which you can find on goodreads.com and on Amazon. 
The Golden Age of Baseball with Eddie Robinson was produced by Greg Ricks. Mark Robinson is our technical advisor, and Abby Robinson is our podcast coordinator. <laughs>